nostalgia, memories, growing up in Central Florida in the 1990s. What a bunch of sappy crap. It's the Sappy Crap Podcast. Starring Steve Bauman and Jarman Day. Welcome to the Sappy Crap Podcast, where the names are changed, but the stories are real. I'm Jarman. And I'm Steve. That's right. The stories are real. At least our, how our brain is keeping them clunking around after all these years. <laughs> Who knows how accurate it is? And we're here to tell stories that only two long-term best friends can. And what are we talking about this time around, Steve? That's right. We're going to take a tiptoe down memory lane and talk about getting in trouble. Oh, yeah. Every kid did it. Every adult oh, does yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I can't remember the first time I got in trouble. I'm sure I've gotten in trouble a lot as a kid because I was pretty snarky and pretty uh, um, sassy as a little kid. Troublemaker, as it were. What, what about you? Were you kind of getting in trouble a lot? So my first memory of getting in trouble, and this is very vague. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I think I was three or four. I was at, I don't know, some sort of child care of some sort. <laughs> Maybe in a church rec room or in someone's house or something. I remember some kid took something I wanted and I went over and I got it back. And I remember that was not good. (laughs) And I remember I had to spend the rest of the time sitting on the big couch next to the lady watching us while everyone else got to play. And I was not happy about that because you forcibly took something back that you wanted because I wanted it and he took it from me and I wanted it bad. (laughs) I mean, that's a natural instinct, (laughs) but I just remember being real mad that I had to sit on that couch. (laughs) <laughs> i have things like that that are like stories that my parents always tell but i don't remember them because i was too young um one being i was in a bank with my mother and she's holding me by the hand we're waiting in line for the bank teller and there's this very large woman in front of us and i, I think my little eyes had never seen someone that large before and so i just turned to my mom in a regular volume and say mom why is that woman so fat <laughs> so Wow. My mom was like, shut, shut up, shut up. <laughs> and then I was at church around the same time. Apparently, my parents always tell the story. It was um, this big camp meeting thing that my Georgia family would do where they do this big outdoor camp meeting during the summer where there's a pastor, fire brim, and brimstone kind of pastor. Yay. Um, and he went and gave like a long sermon. And I'm like four or something. And then he stops talking for a while. They sing a song. It gets real quiet. And I just yell out, mom, is he going to preach again? <laughs> so she's like, shut up, shut up, shut So, yeah, I got myself and my, more my parents in trouble than myself at that point. Fair. <laughs> oh. uh, so I was thinking about like trouble at school. Do you ever get in trouble with teachers? Oh, my goodness. I think we've talked about some of it, but yeah, I certainly some had. Of it. Uh, I think I only got like one detention mm. my whole time in high school. And it was in ninth grade and it was for talking in class. Oh yeah. It was my, my sixth period, no nonsense teacher who taught social studies. <laughs> and I remember she gave me a detention that was basically, I had to stay a half hour after school. And I remember I tried to explain to her that I had concert choir, which was a seventh period class. That was a class I needed to go to. Right. And she was not having it. <laughs> and so I was like, so you're going to make me miss my class. And she was like, yeah, you're going to miss it. You're got attention. I was like, 
okay, one adult is telling me to do something and I guess I have to do it. <laughs> so I did it. And then I get to concert choir, like two thirds of the way late. J- J- uh, Mr. J is pissed. <laughs> and he oh. like stops. He's like, where were you? I was like, I had attention. He's like, you can't just miss my class. This is a class. This is like, high school. I, tr- I tried to tell her it was ninth grade. Oh my gosh. I was like, I know I tried to tell her. And uh, I think he actually reached out to her via email or something. Cause like, a few days later, she's like, well, if you get any more detentions, you're going to have to come and serve him in the morning. And I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Cause you don't want to get like, in his way of his class. That's I, not going to happen. I tried to tell you it was a class. Like it wasn't like, it's not an elective. I get credit. I have to go. I looked at her and like, Hey, if you want to tell my teacher of that class that you want me to miss and go to attention, that's on you. <laughs> that's what I would have said. But yeah, it was just one of those things where like in that day, I was like, I guess I have to stay here. This lady who's she, in she told me, me says to. I have to. So yeah. I'm going to stay. <laughs> exactly. I remember in middle school, I was a tr- I was snarky to teachers that I thought were rude and mean to students. I was never mean to teachers who were trying and were kind and were good and liked obviously liked being there um i probably shouldn't have been mean to any teachers but i was just like i didn't like the injustice of it that they were teaching kids and didn't like being there um so i'd get talked back and i got detention a couple times and i never went i just never went to detention in middle school and never got in any more trouble for it. it's like they didn't even know or keep track like they would give me a pink detention slip i remember it i got it two or three times and i just threw it away and there was no record of it no one was told that I was supposed to be there. So there was no computer system marking this. So it's just like, it never happened. It didn't matter. It just walked away, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I just remember um, one teacher, I think I might've told this story before on sappy crap, but uh, it was the last day of school. So I knew I wouldn't be able to get in trouble. She's a Spanish teacher. We'll call her Mrs. T at uh in high school. I believe it was high school. Maybe it might've been middle school. You were there either way um, hmm. in some capacity. And she was just so mean and nasty all year long, just mean as hell to her students and no compassion, nothing. So finally, the last day I turned in my last paper and I said, excuse me. She goes, yes. I said, why do you teach if you hate kids so much? And she goes, get out of my classroom. <laughs> That's all she said. Nice. I just I love that story because I just didn't. I really wanted to know, like, why would you be here if you hate children so much? Attention. The, the great pay. Pension. Yeah. At the, end, <laughs> at the end of the rainbow is just a little bit of money. Oh, did you get in school in trouble in school at all anymore? Not really that I remember. Not even either me. I was like, we were good kids. We didn't get in trouble much. I didn't skip class. A kid, I think I skipped class two times ever and I got busted for one of them. So I didn't really do it that much. I might have to skip class once or twice to hang out in uh, Mr. H's uh, office for drama drama class well yeah there was probably a girl involved right no actually it was our friend um, uh, who we've named many times on the show and i can't remember our nickname for him is uh he's you know oh, he listens to the play on nerds we're gonna go with keith sure but yeah i'd hang out with mr t's mr h's office with keith and we just uh watch strong bad um emails and uh I, that's why i skipped class twice i think to do that that was about it. But yeah, nice. we were Steve and I were good kids in school. So we weren't, you know, about that getting in trouble life. Uh, what about if you ever got in trouble at work? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I mean, my work life after I got out of college mainly consisted of going to CNN. And um, the biggest trouble I always had throughout school and at work was being on time. I am terrible at being on time. That's why I love working for myself because I'm always on time <laughs> no matter when it is. Um, 
And the problem was I kept getting employee of the month and stuff because I was a very productive, attentive employee, unlike a lot of people who work there who were just trying to get to the next promotion. They could care less about that job. Right. So they were mad at me. They talked to me in their office like, Jarman, you got to get here on time. And they would fire people who had been as late as frequently as I had been. But they never even hinted at that with me because he was like, he gets so much work done. <laughs> so we're not going right. to fire him. And so you can't be a crappy employee and be late. You can do one or the other. You can't do both. So that's how I found out from work. But I, I get a stern that's talking fair. to a lot about you got to get ugh, you were 20 minutes late yesterday. <laughs> there were news stories breaking that you missed. <laughs> so it's like you can't do that. What about you? Um, I think. You know, I remember one time I thought I was going to get in trouble. I didn't. This was when I was working at Fifth Avenue mm. in New York, the, the big Apple store there. And I was involved in this really big transaction because sometimes you would get these insane transactions where people wanted to buy like seven laptops and 15 iPods. Like there, these things just occurred. Maybe for like a business regularly. or something. And people were, no, just people. The, what you, you have these, these uh, at the time, rich families from out of the States. Oh, uh, yeah who at the time we did not have nearly the international presence that we do now. So when you came to the U S it was like, we got to buy the, the U S things here mm. because otherwise we're going to have to pay crazy money for them back home. Oh, I didn't think about that aspect. Yeah. And so people would come and like buy stuff for themselves and stuff for family and friends and like take all this stuff back. And it was one of these big transactions. And I remember they, they were switching iPod colors um, and they wanted to rent a blow. And I, and I, and I did everything and it was huge. And we packed up all these bags and we, they paid cash and I had to count out like, like you know, $3,700 in cash, like just insanity, just insanity oh, in cash. Oh yeah. But these just, these things just happen. They just occurred. <laughs> 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 and so then at the end, I go, and, and I remember they walked away and I sat and I was like, man, that was crazy. And I took a breather and I went, they left with an extra iPod. Oh Yep. And I remember I went and I pulled John Demo, a guy named John. I'll call him John Demo. <laughs> John Demo. I went to pull John Demo. And I said, John Demo, uh, I, something bad happened. I just got to tell you because you guys are going to figure it out at some point. He's like, what? And I said, so there's this huge transaction. I pulled it up and I showed him and I was like, we did a swap here. And they decided last minute to do it again. So I pulled this off and I was like, and they walked away with a free iPod touch. And he was like, oh, it's just an iPod. Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to tell me it was something big. <laughs> I was like, really? He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. We got, we got shrink budget and stuff for, for these kind of things. It does happen. Don't let it happen again. You know what you did wrong, right? I said, yes. And he's like, okay, good. That makes sense. I mean, then we're good. <laughs> I guess you, you may be not allowed to tell us what the actual price of that item would have been like stock price. Probably not, but it was an iPod touch. From what I hear, like with those kind of electronics, they're actually pretty close to the the cost of the uh, the item as far as stock prices go. But then they like the add-ons, the accessories, yeah. those are things they make money off of. But because we were such a big store, we also had budgets for things like theft and destruction. Right. And, you know, those sort of things that just happen in a big city store. So there's also this sort of thing. An iPod touch Whatever, is going to go missing. He was so relieved. He was like, oh, good. I thought you were going to tell me something terrible. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> okay. Thanks, John DeMo. The smallest thing I have that for scale is like I, when I worked at the movie theater at Regal Cinemas, uh, when I finally got to work in the box office, like we talked in our previous episode, our jobs episode, um, at the end of the night, you got to count out your till and you got to compare your prices that you things that are paid for in cash, things that are paid for in card. And you compare what's left in your till after what they gave you the beginning of the day mm -hmm. and you can't be off. And then, so I'm sure you were familiar with this probably with your blockbuster days, too. Yep. Um, and two or three days I'd be off. And I'm like. 
I'm not wonderful at math, but I'm not that bad at math. How the hell did this happen? And legitimately, all three of those times it happened, I had no idea how it happened. Because um, simple transactions in the movie theater, everything's rounded to 50 cents or 75 cents. So it's pretty easy. You know, like I don't there's no right. way I should have messed things up. Um, but I get a talking to her time. He's like, he's like, OK, it was all right this time. It was only like 25 cents. That happens. You know, who knows how that happened? Nobody's like two dollars. I'm like, how did even two dollars get passed? That doesn't even make sense with the transaction fees that we have in the box office. Like, so I would get yelled at, but they still liked me because I was a very productive employee and I uh, kept my job. So <laughs> that's how that works. That's fair. Uh, I at one point uh, found a system to kind of pad my numbers a little bit. This is also my retail days mm. because, you know, just like any sales job, there's, there's like, yeah, you sold a lot, but then can you sell these additional things like attachment sort of things? Apple care, like the additional care package for devices mm-hmm. is a good example. And the issue is, is a big store, especially in like New York, is that a lot of people are going once again, this is years ago before Apple had a much more international presence. Um, you know, Apple care just didn't exist in a lot of countries or service centers just didn't exist in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And so there was no way to get these people to buy it because it was literally useless. To them. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to use it. Yeah. So they were pretty rare. Um, so it was exciting when you got them. So what I would do every month we were measured and I would spend the first part of the month, like trying to get these numbers up. And then once I hit like a certain percentage, I would go and sell iPods the rest of the time, <laughs> which they didn't really care that much about, but I would still keep really high sales per hour ah. and I'd keep my attachment rates looking nice. Mm, gaming the system. And so everyone was happy. Everyone was happy because <laughs> I was a big earner and I was hitting the right marks. And so everyone kind of left me alone. You're hitting all the arbitrary bo- numbers. It's good. <laughs> and I remember my boss kind of caught on to it at the end. He's like, stop doing that. And I was like, I know, but no one wants to work in the iPod section. I'm just doing a service. I'm yeah. the one guy who wants to go work in the iPod section. I'm helping out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your buddy, man. Ooh. your man, buddy. I just remember, I, th- I just remember one other time I got in trouble at CNN was, uh, I worked in a section for a while called video review where tons of raw video content comes into CNN and you have to, um, we were, our job was to label the video for later archiving. So there's a video of like, uh, just bombings going on and you're like, okay, you have to figure out where this video is from the location, the date and the source of the video. Like, was it a local affiliate that got this video? Was it the Associated Press? Was it Reuters? Um, And so I got this video of, I think an interview or something that was from the West Bank in Palestine. Um, And so I hadn't read this information or known this because I was, you know, pretty, I was only four years out of college maybe. Um, And so I put West Bank, Palestine as the date line where it is and the date. And I put uh, the source of the video. And I get someone from the newsroom comes running over and says, when are you going to teach you guys how to do this job right? And I was like, uh, what? And, he's, huh? and he said, who did this video? And I was like, me? And he's like, we don't put West Bank Palestine. We could get in trouble for that. The government of Israel will be down our throats in, in days because we can't actually put Palestine as a country because um, right. apparently it's yeah, just, yeah. yeah, it's just a 
it's a region, but you can't. If you put, I put West Bank Palestine, that means implying like, that Palestine is a country. Right, right. It takes a position. So basically, it's like me, the little guy in the video review section, would have caused CNN to publicly take a position on Palestine. <laughs> I could have. Oh, it would have been terrible. And so I was like, I didn't know. He's like, read your instruction manual. And it's like archaic thing from the 1980s. This manual that no one reads. Like when we start this job. And so <laughs> I gave it a look see after that, just to make sure. Just a quick once over, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but because you do those things so fast, they give us hundreds of videos to do this with. And like, so that one comes by and I'm like, West Bank, Palestine. Cool. Next one. <laughs> I just I didn't realize the trouble I was causing. So, yeah, that's I got in trouble for that one. <laughs> so what about personal life here, though? Like growing up with your parents and stuff, did you get in trouble that way? Yeah, occasionally when I didn't want to do something, I'd try to lie about it, but I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> like chores uh, or something. Some like I hated piano. I hated piano. Oh. By the end, I just hated it. I remember at the end, it was down to the point where like I had whittled my dad down to twenty minutes of practice a day, <laughs> and even that, I tried to skip as often as I could. That's flip me too. <laughs> yeah, by the end, it was bad. And I remember, I he like came home late from work, and he was like, "Did you do your piano practice?" I was like, "Yeah, I did it before you got home." He's like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I swear to you, I did it. I did it. He walked out. He's like, why are all your piano books still in your bag from class yesterday? It's like, you shithead, get on the piano. He figured it out immediately. And I remember my dad did not, throughout my childhood, did not manhandle me a lot. Right. But but this is one of those occasions where I remember him grabbing me by the scruff of the neck and just dragging me into my room. Going, you swear to God, get in here. Because he he sounds like you're old enough to where like you knew exactly what you were doing. You were being a dick and you were lying. Wasn't smart enough to go and get the books out. So every time from then on, I went and got the books out. Oh yeah, you learned your lesson. And I changed the page to where it was, and I would go and like leave the light on because they hated that. You learned the wrong lesson. (laughs) I was smart. (laughs) And then you get to the next piano lesson with Miss P, and she's like, "Why haven't you gotten any better?" I've lost all drive for this, <laughs> which is a Honestly, shame. I think if I'd been t- taught piano different, I would have enjoyed it more and mm. gotten more into it. But because it was all the piano theory stuff up front and you don't learn to play fun songs. Yeah, they, they don't like, teach kids to play fun songs. That's what I've always thought about with literature and English classes when we're growing up. They teach us the most boring and adult books that like, why would we want to read these as children? And it doesn't get you excited to read, doesn't get you to become a better reader. It just makes you like Grapes of Wrath and um, Catch-22, which is a great book when you're older. It's funny. It's interesting. But as a kid, you don't want to read Grapes of Wrath. It's just yeah, ridiculous. Animal Farm. They're like, kids will love it. It's got animals in it. I'm like, shut up. That is awful. Let me read Percy Jackson. <laughs> I know. They should be teaching books like Percy Jackson, Harry Potter. Well, maybe not Harry Potter because she's kind of canceled. But um, and other books in school to get the kids interested in reading. And then you can go further and be like, so you see this archetype about Harry Potter that was based off of these older archetypes and these older books. They're like, really? Then kids would be interested. Same thing with piano. It should be. I mean, I like that she let us pick our songs. We could play for the, the recitals, which is pretty nice. Yeah. But beyond that, you're right. They just it delves into the boring stuff first and not what you should be interested in. Yeah. So but like think about how much more excited we would have been to learn, you know, like chords to our favorite pop songs so we could play something that we knew and wanted to play. Oh, yeah. Or like you if know. I was teaching it, like learning how the Pachelbel's canon chords are pretty much in every pop song 
yeah. know, all the like time. If I, I didn't learn GDE minor C until years later. Yeah. So there you go. We'll be we're be great piano teachers, even though we can't play piano. But yeah, <laughs> so I just think, yeah. But yeah, my dad just dragged me into my room. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that the thing. With my, my parents weren't... Um, well, I started off with my mom and my biological dad, and he was he was a crazy guy for a lot of reasons, but he didn't like he wasn't an abusive dad or something like that, which is good. Um, but he did do spankings because he was old school. He was born in 1939. So he was, you know, getting spankings in the 40s. You know, so <laughs> he was getting spankings. <laughs> so so like we got in trouble. He would say, you're going to get spanked when you get home. Like, no, 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 we're fine. So if we got into rowdy, my sister and I, um, the big thing is he had the blue ruler, which is this big blue yardstick, basically. And he'd Ooh. whap us a few times in the butt with the blue yardstick and we'd cry and go in our room. And I will never spank my kids. Um, but I, I, I see how that wasn't terrible growing up. And I'm not going to completely judge parents who do that and think they're monsters. But I just it's not something I'm ever going to do because I think there's much better methods to discipline your children than hitting them with something. Um, it doesn't make sense to nah, me. The, the furthest I ever get is there are some times where I just have to manhandle Joyce. Manhandling, I understand. Like your dad, he, he grabbed you and said, "You're going to get often. your damn books out of your bag." <laughs> but there are some times where I get out of the middle of the floor, I'm carrying your brother. Get out of the middle of the floor, I'm carrying your brother. You got to get up from around my feet. And she's like, "I'm a, I'm a eel," and I'm like, "You got to get up off the friggin' floor." <laughs> Especially she's you have like, two I don't kids. have to. And she's like, "Dad, you stamped on my hand. I was nowhere near your hand. Stop moving. I have your baby brother." There are times where I just have to go. Okay, get up off the floor. And just grab her and just pick her up. Of course. There's times I've got to like basically remind her I'm still bigger. Oh yeah, yeah. I I won't say who, but I I know someone who is a um very unstable female person small person okay, good but she's a very angry person and she's been in a lot of relationships where she has been the abuser in the relationship and also with guys who are abusive to her which is terrible but there is one yeah. guy who she was with who was a total sweetheart we met him and he was awesome um but then she pulled her same stuff again with this guy and in, he's a huge guy ex-marine but to his complete credit the most he ever did was she was coming at him and she was going to throw his laptop on the ground he put, took the laptop out of her hand, put his hand on both of her shoulders, and just physically put her on the couch. <laughs> that's all he did. Sit down, please. Please sit down. And that's, a, that's the equivalent of what you're doing with your daughter. It's like, I'm not going to hurt you, but I will move you out of the way. <laughs> you have to go. <laughs> you have to go. No, oh. The last time Joyce and I had, like, I'll say, like a physical blowout, where she was just throwing a full-on tantrum, it was probably a year and some change ago at nana's place and it was a i don't want to go to bed because we're at nana's place tantrum <laughs> and she just had gotten too big to try to hold her like a baby mm. like she just was too much struggle in that position so anna had to kind of give up and i had to come in deal with her and she just kept pushing and elbowing and just would not stop trying to get out of my arms and so finally i threw her up over my head <laughs> In like a backward straddle. So her wide one leg over each shoulder. She's backwards. So she's like trying to hit me in the back and pulling at my shirt. And I just waited for like five or six. Oh, so she's like upside she down. You're holding by the legs kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. She just got <laughs> tired from struggling and finally gave up. Yeah. Because you think you about ready? it, your you back is the talk? place she could do the least amount of damage. She could just keep slapping. Oh, yeah, and and suspending play. her that way. She can only struggle like she can't lift her body. weight. <laughs> um, and so I was sure you ready to talk. Yeah, I'm ready to talk. <laughs> Just tired herself out. 
I, you know, that makes sense. It reminds me now that my mom told me stories of my, I would throw tantrums when I was a toddler and she would sometimes just have to hold me kind of almost hold me down for a little while until I just tired myself out flailing around. And I found me like, okay, I'll go to bed. Okay. <laughs> I guess the turtle PJs are okay. That's, that's what you were angry about. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That is, that is what they're angry about. <laughs> So I think when I was a teenager, the biggest trouble I ever got in, because I really was just not a troublemaker kid. I didn't do a lot of bad things um, was I was 15 and I didn't quite I think I had my learner's permit and I decided to go see my girlfriend in the middle of the night. I was going to take the car and go see her at her house and sneak uh-huh. and sneak in her window. And uh, of course, my parents window is right by the driveway. So they woke up and heard the car <laughs> disappearing and they're like, i they, I'm guessing they just knew immediately where I would have gone. So they drove with the other car to uh, my girlfriend's house, knocked yeah. on the front door, woke up her parents, who then were finding that I was in her, their daughter's bedroom. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, Scott, my stepdad, took me home. And uh, yeah, so I got in trouble for that one. <laughs> a long talking to. Because <laughs> I broke the oh, law man. by t- only having a learner's permit and driving a car by myself. And, you know, seeing my girlfriend in the middle of the night with her parents not knowing. It's well, pretty yeah, bad. they were not stoked about that, I'm sure. No, it was not good. There was one time, I'm not going to say that we should have gotten in trouble, but I'm I'm amazed we didn't. Mm-hmm. And this involved you and a girl you were dating called, we'll call her Ray Ray. Okay. <laughs> because Ray Ray was cray cray. She was eccentric. That's true. <laughs> she was eccentric. And uh, she drank. At like parties and stuff, and that was not something that was really normal for you and I. Yeah, on a regular basis. that's true. And I remember you dragged me to some party because she was going to be there, and so we drove over in your mom's Miata. Oh yeah, and we get there, and she's there, and it's a miserable kind of party. There's too many dudes. Mm, I think it was like a full sale party or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's too drunk to drive. And so you're like, Steven, you don't have your license even. Oh, yeah. You, you, you can drive one of the cars. It's not that far back to my place. And I went, uh, I guess. So you drove her SUV. She had a giant SUV. Yeah. Huge SUV. And I was supposed to follow you. In the little tiny Miata. In the, in the tiny Miata, which was already too little for me. And I remember the hood wasn't, wouldn't like, wasn't down. You didn't take it down. Um, but the the glass started fogging up incredibly, and I like literally couldn't see. I was then having to hunch down. The hood was further broken even. or something. No, no, no. It was like just the thing where like, no, we're just going five minutes. Don't put the top down because like, it was kind of a pain if I remember correctly. Oh, because you want to put the it was a convertible, so you're talking about putting the top down so your head could stick out the top because it was right, so, so short. I could like actually sit up. <laughs> yeah, but then it started fogging up, so it got even worse. And we get like you know two blocks from where this party is onto a main road and you immediately leave me at a red oh no like you run a yellow and leave me at a red so now here i am driving a car that's not mine without a license license. oh god and i thought i'm i'm gonna get pulled over and i don't even know what they do when you don't have a license and do they suspend a license you don't have (laughs) they probably just fine you or something uh so i made it the like remaining blocks and I remember I didn't even try to park. I just like left it on and put it in park in front of the house. And like, you park it, German. <laughs> <laughs> I was so done. I was so shaken. And, oh. mad. and I was like, you should have gotten your license. 
<laughs> you shouldn't date Cray Cray Ray Ray. <laughs> well, to be fair to Cray Cray Ray Ray, she's actually really gotten her stuff together and she's now an attorney. So good for her. Yeah, good for you, Cray Cray Ray Ray. Yeah, she's she's gotten her life together and she had a rough go of it with, you know, the parents and stuff. So I'm glad oh, she got her stuff together. I was like, I really should have gotten caught for this. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What a bad situation. I mean, yeah, there's I mean, the only other time that, that like something like that is when we went teepeeing houses and we didn't get caught. So I felt I felt like we avoided federal prison for that. <laughs> True. And the nice thing is, is that we we only TP'd. We didn't TP houses maliciously. We TP'd houses of like friends. Yeah, people we or at least frenemies. Yeah, that too. There was only one time I remember us TPing someone that it was like in any way, even moderately malicious. Yeah, I think you're right. But most of the time it was like somebody's girlfriend, like literally one of our girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> or TP their house. It's funny, right? And then I remember we did, we went chalking oh, and we would chalking. take these big things of jumbo chalk and we would go draw like murals on driveways in the middle of the night. I don't even remember that. Did we do that together? Me and Owen and a couple others at least did it a few times because oh. they did it for their girlfriends when I was like perpetually single. <laughs> Well, yeah, other than that, I don't, I just, there was no bigger occasions where I really got in that much yeah, trouble that I can remember. That's right. Uh, we well, were good kids. There's more trouble to come. Because we, Steve and I just, we don't do drugs. We don't, uh, we didn't drink or anything like back then. So it's just not really nothing illegal. Except we downloading music on Napster. Times, <laughs> but not like every weekend party. Woo. Yeah. That's about it. Sorry, we weren't more, more uh, salacious, guys. We just uh, we didn't get in trouble. That I don't know. Much. We told a bunch of stuff there. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I know. But compared to most people, it's probably like that is some tame ass shit. <laughs> wow, that's right. But I'm proud of that. <laughs> that's right. It's something to be proud of not to be in trouble all the time. Exactly. We weren't jerks. That's right. But I guess that wraps up this episode of the Sappy Crap Podcast. That's right. Join us next time as we take a stumbly, tumbly stroll down memory lane and discuss a topic we haven't even decided on yet. That's right. We don't know what it is, but please join us for that, whatever it may be. And we'll see you next time on Sappy Crap. And don't forget, the good old days weren't always that good. This podcast was brought to you by A Play on Nerds. 